Welcome to the Sourced Podcast, our weekend review podcast. My name's Michael Crutcher, Jordan McDonald. It's our 99th episode today. Yes, 99, one off the big century. Following on from our episode with Shane Rogers this week. Yes. Which he very kindly gave us his time to talk about his new book work, NATO, which is a fascinating book. He is. God, he's a smart man. He is. I, I I found it very interesting to read yeah. Shane's book. He's I haven't read it yet. I need to. I need to have a read. There's a copy lying around inside there. It's well worth the read. But that was episode 98, our first long form one for a while, and we're back to our week in review number 99 all up. But we start with breaking news because Jordan, Donald Trump is back on or not Twitter, back no, on X. He's back on X or Twitter or however you refer to it. It's his first time back since, what, 2021? Yes. Because he was very famously kicked from the platform. Yes. Uh, and then he was, when Elon purchased it, reinstated, but he refused to tweet or post. But uh, in light of his arrest, so his voluntary arrest today, yes, he's, he's taken to, to uh, X and, and posted for the first time. And it's the mug shot. It looks like a very basic doctored up post, doesn't it? It's his mug shot. It's, this is a fascinating mug <laughs> it's shot. It's a killer if mug shot. If you went into AI and said, <laughs> give me a mug shot of Donald Trump looking rather unimpressed. It does. That, to me, is what AI would pitch it, up. It does look strange. It really does. But it's... Um, he's a, back. And what's his message he's got on Twitter there? He's, uh, it says mug shot, August 24, 2023. And he's got the mugshot, and then underneath it says election interference, never surrender, exclamation mark. We always point them out. DonaldJTrump.com, and this is obviously his website. And so what traffic has it done? How long has oh, it been up for now? It's been up for three, three hours. It's got 126,000 comments, 237,000 reposts, and just over 654,000 likes. But the, the stat that I'm really interested in is the um, the amount of people it have seen it, which is 53.1 million people in three hours. Okay. it's uh, It says everything about, I guess, where we are when it comes to social media debate, mm. that the mugshot of Donald Trump can be used as a rallying cry by him and his supporters and as a positive post for his critics. Yeah. yeah. They would both post it and think that that is doing them both a favour. Probably. That's the nature of, well, some social media these days. Yeah, some social media. All this Trump era that he, <laughs> I'm sure so he uh, says is his. He's back, so. He is. Bit to talk about today. You wanted to have a look at total TV usage, some new stats that are out, always good to have a look at. Um, the US stats are there for July, but there's some interesting learnings in those. Yeah, these stats are from Nielsen, and, and yes, they are from the US, but um, we look at these in the US because it often correlates here with Australia. Um, we're looking at July, which is um, the summer break for the US. Yep. So keep in mind that a lot of kids home from school, uh, and that's certainly influenced the data. So we look at last month. Those at the, that are under the age of 18, um, viewing increased by 4%. Yep. While those who are older than 18, that viewership went down 0.3%. Okay. 
Now, the rise for those who are under 18 was because of the increased streaming yep. and an increase in the other category, which is most commonly video games. Sure it is. Kids at home streaming in video games yep. makes pretty good sense to me. Absolutely. If we look at broadcast stats, the summer vacation time and the lack of sports and newer originals caused the broadcast to decrease 3.6%. And this meant broadcast finished the month accounting for just 20% of total TV usage, which is a new low for broadcast. Yep. Uh, drama continues to be the most popular category or the largest category for broadcast. However, the most popular programs were ABC World News Tonight and the MLB All-Star Game. Oh, really? Yeah. The All-Star Game got big traffic. That's what it says. Wow, that surprises me. I know. Now, if we look at cable, viewing was down 2.9% compared to the month before in June. uh, And it's caused a one share point drop, which also created or reached a record low during that summer content period. Yep. Cable's top uh, two broadcasts were ESPN's Home Run Derby. Yes. And the College World Series. Oh, really? Yeah. I did watch the Home Run Derby, that was okay. While I was working. The bigger picture though for cable isn't great. The year-on-year comparison is that cable is down 12.5%. Yeah, wow. That's big. Which is pretty big. Where are they going? Streaming. So streaming is where the action is. They really pressed the accelerator pedal on content last month with new seasons of The Witcher and The Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix. Have you seen those? No. Okay. No, my friends have seen The Witcher. They say it's quite good. Okay. But uh, I don't know. Jack Ryan on Prime Video and The Bear. I've seen the first season of The Bear. It's quite good. Is it good? Yeah, I didn't mind it. Okay. That's on Hulu. And then there were more episodes of Star Trek Strange New Worlds on Paramount+. Plus. Seen that one? No. I know you're a Star Trek fan though, aren't you? No. Oh, really? I'm mistaken. Someone else nearby me is. No, not me. I'm not a Star Trek person. Star Wars, yes. Star Wars. Not Star Trek. Getting my stars confused. Yes, not not Star Trek. But um, it was the old content that led the way for July. Suits became available on both Netflix and Peacock and Bluey became available on Disney Plus and they became the two most streamed titles in July combining for almost 23 billion viewing minutes. Bluey, hey? Bluey. Just... Just continues, them out of the park. yeah, continues yeah. to be successful. Suits, though, uh, set a new viewing record for an acquired title. It amassed almost eighteen billion minutes. Really, Suits? Yeah, Have I you love Suits. My, you do, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I spoiled the ending for a couple of people because oh, that's of course you did. You yeah. this? They were too yeah. slow to get to it. See, ninety-nine episodes, and you know things happen, and I forget about it. Yes. Of course, we had that discussion. But uh, this level of viewing meant the streaming was up 2.9% versus June and added a share point for a total makeup where streaming accounts for 38.7% wow. of total TV usage. Now, September is almost here, which then marks the beginning of fall in the US. Yes. And that typically is when TV trends start to change a bit. So especially when the new NFL season starts. Yes, a couple of weeks away. Yeah, so if you look at November last year, sports made up 150 billion minutes of TV viewing on regular channels and this fall period might have fewer new original shows due to the ongoing strikes in Hollywood. Of course, But yes. Suits is telling us that the success of the streaming platforms doesn't rely on new content only. It can be uh, done with successful old content. Hmm. 
So, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, well, that streaming keeps surging, but an interesting way to look at it at the moment because we have discussed many times about how prepared people are to spend on their streaming services. Yes. And I just saw a line this week. We're, of course, deep in reporting season when it comes to a share market, and Woolworths reported this week a very interesting line from the Woolworths CEO, Brad Banducci, here in Australia, when he spoke about shoppers becoming more frugal. So, okay. interestingly, when he spoke about this, he mentioned saver families. Saver, S-A-V-E-R, saver families. Oh. Were increasingly turning to value and being more careful with their spend. So, what he said, and I quote is... While overall customer demand has been remarkably stable, we are increasingly seeing our customers become more careful in their spending patterns, particularly our saver families. <laughs> right. So that is very interesting because often, I mean, this you know, supermarket spend is something everyone does and does it regularly. So you get yeah. a bit of an idea about what's happening here. Uh, so, you know, that obviously has to have streaming services a bit, Nervous, despite those numbers True. you just showed there. And we True. discussed a lot over these episodes, over however long, about the streaming of that time when Netflix had a decrease in subscribers, but also the start of ad-supported tiers, which are a bit cheaper. Yes. Yeah. People going for those. There was a survey this year by Compare the Market in Australia, which found that Gen Z is the most likely to ditch streaming services, with 27.7% of those surveyed saying they had cut some streaming to save Is that spending. right? Yep, so they're the most likely, followed huh. by 24% of millennials, 22% of Gen Xs, and the baby boom is the least likely to give it up, only 12.5%, but they're also the ones who are least likely to have streaming services. So mm. interesting one, but I'll, I'll look, let's see <coughs> what we're talking about in 12 months' time, yeah. but whether you know that does, whether the saver families... Yeah, interesting term. I don't know how you identify. Saver That's what I'm curious about. What 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 uh, what characteristics? Hmm. <laughs> what's the criteria to be a saver family? Is not, not everyone. Sure. I'm not sure. That's from Woolworths. Coles, of course, uh, came in second to Woolworths. If you look at uh, the results this week, hmm. um, Coles did have quite a big marketing blitz this week, but I'm not sure if they have saver families. Anyhow, very interesting. <laughs> we continue on results because the results for Australia's biggest media company, the Nine Entertainment Group, were out this week as well. Yes. And we just wanted to talk about that, the different uh, reporting on the Nine Entertainment Group. Um, now, I'm interested in this because obviously Nine Entertainment Group is a, it's the biggest media company in the country, as we said. It's got obviously the Nine Network, it's got uh, the Sydney Morning Herald, The Age, Brisbane Times, um, Financial Review, uh, a whole bunch of radio stations around the country. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to report on its own results, maybe in a different way to non-nine entertainment group media companies, yeah. of, which of course News Corp is one of those. Yeah. So let's compare <laughs> the reporting this week. Now, the headline in The Australian for the nine reporting, is nine profit down 38% as ad revenue falls. Right. Very comprehensive story, well written. Interestingly, it does use words such as plague, as in <laughs> cost pressures plague the company, slumped, as in the profits slumped. Oh, yes. Uh, earnings dropped. 
dropped. Yeah. Um, revenue was hit by. Oh. So we've got a bit of language here. And I totally support that. Don't get me wrong. That is normal journalism in terms of reporting on these profit figures that don't come back maybe as well as the company would hope. So no problem for that with me. Now let's now go to the nine reporting. This is out of the <laughs> financial review. Headline, nine reveals 2.2 million paying customers for Stan, of course, which it has, as it switches off free trials. So now if you go through this, the only word I saw that was uh, had a bit of oomph behind it was difficult, as in a more difficult advertising market. Okay. Okay. But the intro, intro says Stan has 2.2 million paying customers, a figure revealed by Nine Entertainment for the first time as the media group flagged free trials of the streaming service <laughs> were coming to an end. Now, if you go through the story, you will find that there was a fall in profit year on year. It doesn't seem to be the same figures I've read in other media. Anyway, we all know that you can use figures in different ways, but Stan talking here openly through the nine group CEO that they would end the uh, free trials, saying they no longer made sense. We've seen other platforms remove free trials. Ultimately, what will happen is as free trials get removed, paying subscribers become that more important metric rather than the actual numbers who are subscribing. So, very interesting. Now, look, I'm not having a crack at any of these media outlets. I'm just noting the fact that media outlets report their own results and their competitors' results very differently. And I get it. I totally do. That's what happens. So I just wanted to put that on the record. And you you have any thoughts there, Jordan, at all about that? No, I agree with you. It makes perfect sense. Um, You know, you're going to want to report about yourself in a favourable way. It's true. uh, And certainly um, jump on the backs of your competition. But this is the thing with data too, especially if it's yours that you've collected – you can interpret it however no, you like, you spin it can. however you need, so you never know really. Now you said you wanted to bring up this next topic this week. Yes. And I must say, I was surprised by the topic, let alone... I was too. I didn't even know this happened anymore. I almost scrolled past it. Well, tell us what it is. Yeah, so Netflix is going to start giving away its DVD collection, which I was under the belief was gone already. They've still got a DVD collection. It's been running. So DVD.com, which is the mail-based DVD and Blu-ray rental service uh, service by Netflix, it's finishing up after more than 25 years. And so Netflix has said that subscribers who receive their last little red envelopes can keep the movies for their personal collection for no extra charge. Just keep them. Just keep them. Even better... Netflix has said that subscribers could request up to 10 more movies to add to their collection before the service closes on September 29. Right. Yeah. So it seems like a lifetime ago that uh, Netflix started sending out DVDs to the point where I completely forgot about it. I did too. I it was back like in 1998. Yeah, this is like... And that was, yeah, when physical media was more popular, you know, DVDs then. But... um. Despite Netflix focusing heavily on streaming over time, some people have continued with their DVD.com service. There you go. So they still pay that small monthly fee. I can't remember how much it costs, but they have the DVDs mailed to them still. And you've got to send them back. Yeah. But Netflix has said they estimate there's between 1.1 and 1.3 million people that still use this service. Who are they? That's a lot of effort. Who are they? You've got to send them back. That's got to be a unicorn. 
Honestly, I don't know. You've got to go to the post office and mail back your DVDs. Yeah, this it's is a yeah, don't know. Um, I take I th- my hat off to them. Yeah, I thought this was quite interesting because at the end of the announcement, Netflix said that new subscribers that join before August 29 can also request up to 10 DVDs, but the actual number they'll get will depend on availability. So who knows? bit of incentive there if you want some... That's <laughs> stunning. Actually, some, I was uh, wandering through uh, one of the shops the other day and looking at there were some DVDs that were out for sale mm. thinking oh, this is, there's still DVDs for sale and like I noticed some like big collections like the nine Star Wars movies the main canon of Star Wars movies for like 80 bucks 80? Like, yeah 80 bucks and then the whole James Bond collection like 20 something movies for like 200 bucks oh, sorry 120 bucks yeah I just don't know who owns a DVD player anymore. I've, I've still got a DVD player for DVDs I got many years ago, which you can't find on streaming services. Right. So I, I will occasionally <laughs> play a DVD. Okay. Uh, and, of course, some of the replays of your winning horse races from years ago <laughs> can't be of found course. on streaming services. No, no. Like, and you don't not. want to let those go. So no, no, you, you always don't. need that around somewhere. Mm. But anyway... Get in there if you want to get some DVDs and give it a go. Now, the story this week, which is just a really interesting story, has to do with the NBA in America, the basketball. Fascinating story when a bizarre post appeared on the NBA Facebook page, obviously published by someone who wasn't really happy with the NBA. No. An anonymous former worker who published the following. How do I log out of this? Question mark. Haven't worked here in weeks. Anyway, the NBA overextends its social media employees greatly to the detriment of their health and social lives for a salary of less than 50k annually after taxes. I worked 14-hour shifts without breaks at times. Shout out Adam Silver, who's the commissioner of the yes, NBA. Yes, yes. We don't get health insurance until 90 days on the job. That's silly, isn't it? Glad I resigned. No need for a job to get in the way of your happiness. Donate to mental health causes. That was it. <laughs> peace symbol. No full stop. Peace symbol. Well done. So the good news is the NBA saw the post and deleted it. The bad news is that it was up for 20 minutes. Yeah. So if something's up for five seconds and someone takes a screenshot, it's there forever anyway. Oh, yeah. So the NBA took it down. But it just goes to show that you have to make sure who has control of access to your accounts. I mean, even if you've got the greatest employee ever who's been really good and they leave your employee, you still have to get them off your accounts because it's just part of a process you go through. And if you don't get the process going, you have things like the NBA with its millions and millions of followers really having their backsides waxed by someone who just wandered on and cranked up. I must say too, that's a pretty reasonable thing to say. It's not like they... Oh, it's not, yeah, it's not bad, you know. It could have been worse for sure. But yeah, it's just standard procedure. If you've fired an employee or they've gone, they're separate from the business, you've got to get rid of them straight away. Don't give them access to an audience of 40 million yeah, <laughs> just speak their mind. Yeah, I just wonder how, you know, the NBA, we know oh, it's in God. the off-season there, but it's a pretty slick operation. But you do have little things that go awry, mm. and that was one of them. Now, TikTok, we haven't spoken about it for a while, but there is an interesting development this week. 
Yeah, I think it's an interesting mention because it's something that I think will affect Australians in the in the near future. Uh, TikTok is planning to block links to external online stores, which would be a huge problem for its content creators. And this is part of TikTok's effort to promote its TikTok shop feature. And we don't have it in Australia just yet, right. but parts of Asia do and the US has does as well. Um, and the US seems to be part of the problem for TikTok. So Americans haven't quite taken up the shopping through TikTok as much as they'd hoped. Uh, and so TikTok shop is on track to lose roughly 500 million oh. in the US this year because the company spent heaps in hiring, uh, yeah. creating a delivery network, subsidizing the merchants that offer discounts and free shipping. Hasn't happened. Um, I think the US are doing between four and six million a day through the app, whereas um, Southeast Asia is doing between 77 and 95 million per oh, day. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so it's just worlds apart. I'm just really interested to see what, um, what the response is like in the US when uh, this all goes into place. Another one worth mentioning is Threads is now on desktop. It is. So thanks to Alan Roebuck who tipped us off on this. And it's true you had a look at that? Yeah, I did have a look at that. I was like, one of the stories we were considering for today was um, about Twitter's, you know, downloads and how yeah. it's sort of fallen a bit. And uh, the link that I clicked to took me to a guy, a reporter on Threads, and he had the whole thread broken down with all the graphs. So it, it works. I haven't logged in, looked at mm. it for a, a brief bit of information, but yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. really see the need for it at the minute. And now also talk about old TV shows coming back. We mentioned at the start yep. that this is uh, an old show, though, that's uh, back in new form. What What is happening? Frasier. Yeah, okay. It's uh, returning with a sequel series on October 12th on Paramount+. Plus. So the star, Kelsey Grammer, recorded a new version of the show's closing theme. It's called Tossed Salads and Scrambled Eggs. Okay. The story will have Dr. Frasier Crane moving from Seattle to Boston with new characters like his son Freddie and old friend Alan. These guys are strangers to me. I never really watched Frasier, but I'm sure some of our listeners have. Family friends like, uh, so familiar faces like Roz and Lilith will appear, but not Niles and Daphne. Okay. Poor Niles and Daphne. Uh, The first two episodes will premiere on Paramount Plus with weekly episodes coming every Thursday. And the initial two episodes also air together on CBS on October 17. Yeah, what's well funny because uh, that's a long journey because it started with Cheers, didn't it, of course, when Frasier yeah, was on right. Cheers with Lilith. I didn't really watch Frasier, but I did watch Cheers. But You'd know more than me here. No, I did, I, look, I, I, no, I was watching Seinfeld probably more at the time. but mm, Better show. Yeah, so there you go. There's old shows. I hope it's better than some of the other shows that have sort of been reheated because there's been some stinkers <laughs> over time. But let's see what happens, whether people love it or they've moved on. Now, Google searches. We wanted just to check on Google searches this week in Australia, the most popular Australian Google searches today, the number one search. It goes without saying, is Donald Trump? Yes. The number one search. Yeah, there's no surprises there. That was always going to be the case. Yep, so that's really up there today. Yesterday's top search was to do with the plane crash in Russia. Yes, that um, which a, a, some form of general for the Russians was on board. Uh, yeah, well, uh, a, uh, an enemy to uh, Vladimir Putin. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name. No, he was the rebel leader, if you like. Now, 
the mm. reports are, which surprises no one, that the, it wasn't just a random crash, that maybe there was no. some assistance there. So that people love those stories. Anything to do with um, to do with uh, you know, a bit of uh, mystery and so forth. Now I want to give a shout out. The fourth most popular search in Australia yesterday went to Nina Kennedy. And Nina Kennedy should be a really high search term because she is an Australian world champion in track and field. She tied for the gold medal yesterday in Budapest in the women's pole vault. I love track and field. It is one of the great things to watch. I have enormous admiration for our track and field competitors. Nina Kennedy deserves a huge piece of coverage for what she managed to she's do. She's our first one ever, isn't she? No, she's about the 11th, first women's pole vault champion, definitely. First yes, women's that's po- what yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. First women's pole vault champion. Only about our 11th since the world champ started in 1983. Well, is that all? It's it's a, it's it's a massive feat to be a world champion. So good on you, Nina Kennedy. Well done well to done. you. You deserve uh, accolades. Number six yesterday in the most popular searches in Australia it was the Penrith Panthers because we yeah. love sport and Penrith got belted last night when they shouldn't have. Now, special <laughs> mentions this week to one of the biggest searches of the week in Australia was for the weekend. Oh, right. Announcing a tour of Australia. Oh, God. Very big. That will be big. Lucy Letby, who again, Australians love crime. This was an English woman who's been jailed yep. forever for terrible, terrible murders of babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple little mentions, John Farnham. Yep. Always saw that. As well. And Heath Streak. I missed that one. Now, I mentioned Heath Streak because he was a very good former Zimbabwean cricketer uh, during an era of some pretty good Zimbabwean cricketers and reports of his death emerged, which oh, was really? very sad for Heath Streak. He's not dead, though. Oh. He's alive. Is he? He's had a chance to read his own obituaries. He is unwell. He's, he's very ill, unfortunately. But, uh, again, the stories about his death were greatly exaggerated. Oh, right. So people went and searched that because it was quite unique. It's funny. This is, this was it last week or the week before we had that little Tay, that young kid, the 14-year-old. Yes. Yeah, Another believe one. dead, not dead. It does good business online. It does, apparently. So we really wish the best for Heath Street, but we're glad he's still with us. Yes. Anyway, how's the weekend looking? Busy, busy. I'm working tonight, tomorrow, and then um, what is it? I've got a couple of birthdays this weekend, including oh, really? my youngest brother, James. Oh, wow. He's only 13. 13? 13. Goodness me. I know. He's um, f- first year of a teenager. I do recall when he was born. Goodness. It does rattle why. Yeah, so it'll be, it'll be a busy weekend. What's uh, what's on the cards for you? Um, kids sport, lots of kids sport. Mm. Good luck to Billy in the under-16 North Devils Grand Finals on Sunday. Ooh. See uh, what happens there. Ooh, very good, very good. Best of luck. Yes, and that'll be the end of kids sport for a <laughs> summer. Excellent. <laughs> Enjoy the weekend. You too.